Hello and welcome to The Quiz Kids from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Quiz Kids, brought to you by the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Alka-Seltzer for headache. Alka-Seltzer for acid indigestion. Alka-Seltzer for cold discomfort. Yes, when these occasional ailments make you miserable, take Alka-Seltzer for really fast, really effective relief. Well, that bell calls class to order, Quiz Kids, and here's your first question. What kind of skin makes the best slippers? Now, there's a tricky one, and how about it? Can you folks there at home answer that question? Well, listen to what the youngsters here in our classroom have to say. And here they are, the Quiz Kids and the chief quizzer himself, Joe Kelly. Thank you, Bob Murphy, and hello, everyone. Today, before we have roll call, I just want to say that we've been working on a new scoring system for some time now, and we're going to try it out this afternoon. This new scoring system will take into account the various ages of the quiz kids, and in this way, the scores will be scaled to the age of each child in relation to the average age of the board. All right now, children, let's see who is present in class this afternoon. Rennie? I'm Rennie Templeton. I'm 13 years old and going into ninth grade at U-High. Joe? I'm Joe Copperman. I'm 12 years old in 8th grade in the Volt School. Mark? Mike. Oh, I beg your pardon. I'm Michael Mullen. I'm 10 years old and will be in the 6th grade at the University of Chicago Laboratory School. Douglas? I'm Douglas Maurer. I'm 10 years old and I will be at the 7th B at the Race School in Chicago. And the quiz kid you listeners heard last Sunday for the first time, little Melvin. Melvin Miles. I'm 5 years old. All right, fine. That was quick, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Well, let's clear up that first teaser from Nina Holcombs of Cleveland, Tennessee. And look out for a pun on this one, kids. What kind of skins make the best slippers? We have two hands up. Joel's hand is first. Joel? Banana skins. Banana skins, that's right. What do you know about that? Huh? I was a little bit dubious about it. I thought maybe you might slip up on that one. Yeah, but you certainly didn't. Well, I can mark that one correct, quiz kids. And we'll send Nina Holcomb of uh, Cleveland, Tennessee, a fine Zenith portable transoceanic standard shortwave radio for sending in that question. You know, that's always Alka-Seltzer's reward when the quiz kids answer your question correctly, friends. If they miss, the reward is a big Zenith radio phonograph combination with automatic record changer, the new Cobra tone arm, and two FM bands. So why not send in your question for this program today? Just send it to Quiz Kids Chicago. Next question. Helen Burns of Portland, Oregon, sent in a couple of spelling words, kids, but don't feel too badly if you trip up on them, for they are the two words that determined the winner of the National Spelling Bee last year. Now, here's the first one. Oligarchy. Douglas. O-L-I-G-A-R-C-H-Y. That's it. That's it, all right. Yes, sir. Now the next one is psychiatry. Douglas? P-S-Y-C-H-I-A-T-R-Y. Well, how do you like that? That's fine. Very good, Douglas. I read Very that good. in the paper. You what? I read that in 
the paper. Well, it's also in the dictionary, too, you know. Yes. Uh, <laughs> now, try this music question from William H. Leith of Los Angeles, California. If you found yourselves back in school and your teacher asked you the following questions, how would you reply if your answer were the title of each of these songs? Now, first, your teacher asks, why were you late? And you reply, Uh, Melvin? Uh, just because you think you're so pretty. <laughs> well, that's all right. The name of the song is what? What's the title of the song? You gave me some of the words uh, along with the title. What's the name of the song? Um, the... Huh? Just because you think you're so hot. <laughs> well, it's uh, just because. That's the title. But the other words are all right, too. You see? Uh... <laughs> Melvin likes to throw some things in there for good measure, see? All right, now next, the teacher says, Will you please hand in your examination papers? And you reply, now listen. Rennie? Give me five minutes more. Give me five minutes more. What were you going to say, Melvin? I didn't get the same thing. I, I didn't uh, know of that. Yeah, well, I wonder, could, do you, can you sing? Uh, do you know the words to give me five minutes more? A yes, little I of do. it. Huh? Yes, I do. All right, now quiet. He's going to sing it. Okay. All right. Give me five minutes more, only five minutes more, just to hold you. <laughs> well, that's all right. Now you gave us enough. That was a short version. That's fine. Yeah. You see there, I'm not the only one to like that, Melvin. Everybody else likes it. Now, what if the teacher said, you've all been good children, and so I'll let you out early, and you say... Rennie? Wasn't that yippee ti yo get along little doggies? Well, yes, whoopee ti yo get along little doggies. That's right. Uh-huh. Well, you took care of that. Now... Quiz kids, we still have to clear up that whodunit question that had you all puzzled last week. Uh, you got G for the first initial and Wood for the last name, but you couldn't identify the person. Now, let's see if you figured it out during the week. Uh, Rennie? Well, spokesman for the group, we decided to say Grant Wood, who painted American Gothic. That's right. That's correct. Grant Wood. You see, about the only clue that wasn't cleared up last week was the first clue, one fork, two mouths. Uh, that suggests uh, Grant Wood's famous painting called American Gothic. It pictures a farmer and his wife standing side by side. The farmer is holding a pitchfork. Now then, I'll give you the first clue for a new mystery question. Uh, it's a what's-it question, and the clue is... Now listen, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John only half brought it on. Now you kids can get together on this for one minute while we hear from Bob Murphy. You know, friends, it's a funny thing about a headache, how easily and quickly that pain can be forgotten. Let's take a minute and think back. When was the last time you had a headache? How about yesterday or the day before or this morning? Or did someone in your family have one? Well, when headache causes discomfort, the thing to do is reach for the Alka-Seltzer. Yes, that's the way to help yourself to fast welcome relief. Now, you probably keep Alka-Seltzer on hand at your house for prompt relief from the distress of occasional acid indigestion. And you know how effective and dependable it can be. And friends, it's just as effective for headache pain. Try it and you'll agree there's nothing quite like Alka-Seltzer for fast headache relief. There's a good reason for this fast action, too. 
Alka-Seltzer is completely dissolved before you take it. So its pain-relieving agent, sodium acetyl salicylate, is ready to go right to work, ready to bring you the fast relief you want. So remember, when headache causes grief, misery can be brief. Take Alka-Seltzer for relief. Get Alka-Seltzer at any drugstore. All right now, children, back to your desks. And, uh, Tommy, do you have an answer for the mystery? What's it question? Uh, looks like Mike is going to be the spokesman for all of you. All well, right, I'm Mike. I'm afraid not. All we can say is the New Testament. No, I'm sorry. But uh, we'll have more clues a little bit later on. Now, this next question is from Robert Brown of Mount Vernon, Ohio. If the following isn't double talk, what is it? I, I, dick, dick, tuka, tuka. Mike? They're animals. Well, can you... The I-I is a creature that's sort of like a lemur. It lives in uh, Madagascar. Yes, uh-huh. And the dick-dick is a small antelope, uh-huh. the smallest antelope in the world. Yes. And it lives in Africa. Uh-huh. And the tuca-tuca is a rat-like creature that lives in the Argentina pampas. That's right, Mike. Yeah, you gave them all correctly. Patricia Lowell of Kenmore, New York, wants you kids to pretend she's packing a picnic lunch. And uh, when our organist, Howard Peterson, plays three notes, you children are to tell what she is putting into the picnic basket. Now, wait a minute. We've got a hand up here, and we haven't even started. Now, what, what were you going to say, Douglas? Oh, I, I'm sure to know this. Right. Why, why do you say that you are sure to know it? Because I got perfect pitch. Oh, I see. Well, of course, we'll have to wait and see uh, what uh, Mr. Peterson's going to play for it. All right, Howard, let's have the first one. All right, Douglas. A-D-E, that spells aid, and it's some kind of a lemonade or orangeade or something like that. <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, let's have the next one, Howard. Douglas? That's egg. Well, why do you say egg? Because it's E-G-G. E-G-G. That's right, uh-huh. And here's the last one. All right, uh, Douglas? That's D-A-G. So? But I don't know what that would be. You don't, huh? Rennie, look well, at that. That might be a Dagwood sandwich. A Dagwood, right, yeah, a Dagwood sandwich. Now, Alice Rand of Chicago says that all of her favorite funny paper characters have been having trouble with transportation lately. One little boy in the funnies made a mistake and got into the girls' bus when he went to camp. Uh, Rennie? Oh, that'd be Herbie and Smitty. That's right, uh-huh. And uh, Melvin has his hand. What were you going to say, son? Oh, Smitty. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it was Smitty's little brother, wasn't it? Herbie, Herbie, that's Yeah, Herbie. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he got mixed up a little bit there. All right. What young man had trouble when his horse mistook a lady's handbag for a feeding bag? Mike? Texas Slim. Texas Slim. What's the horse's name, by the way? Melvin? Uh. What's his name? Um, Loco. Loco, that's the horse's name. Yes, sir. Um, what boy drives several automobiles, but none of them has any wheels? Mike? Uh, wasn't that Denny? Denny... Denny Dimwit? Dimwit in what uh, cartoon? Uh... What comic strip? What comic strip? Denny Dimwit... Rennie? Winnie Winkle. Winnie Winkle, that's right. 
Now, here's a true or false question from Janice Marshall of Cincinnati, Ohio, kids. You are to tell of each of these incidents might possibly have happened. Listen. I think your book, uh, Tom Sawyer, would make possible movie material, Mr. Clemens. In fact, the Edison Studios would like to buy the rights as soon as possible. I hope you will uh, consider the matter. Rennie? Well, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure quite sure, but I, don't, I think that that is false. It could possibly have happened because the edit, they just started experimenting when Tom Sawyer came out. But they would have had to look pretty far forward because, I mean, they weren't making commercial movies then. Well, now, before I commit myself, uh, Joel has his hand up. Let's see, Joel. What are you going to say? Well, in the 18... Uh, uh, Mark Twain died in the 1890s, and I don't even believe uh, movies were perfected yet, so it would have to be false. No, I'm afraid uh, both of you are uh, incorrect on this. Uh, uh, Mark Twain, you say, or Samuel Clemens. Mark Twain was his pen name, is that right? Well, it says so in my card anyway. Uh, <laughs> he lived from 1835 to 1910. Now, the movie story technique was developed in 1903, so it could have happened. Well, let's see about this next one. I consider that I have two distinctions for which my great-grandchildren may be proud. I've attended Harvard University, and I came to this land in the Mayflower. <laughs> Douglas? Well, the Mayflower came to this land in 1620, and movies certainly weren't perfected then. Well, uh, <laughs> son, we're not talking about the movies in the second part. We mentioned uh, Harvard University and the Mayflower, and you're right on the 1620, insofar as the Mayflower is concerned. Joel? Well, uh, Harvard University was uh, uh, perfected, uh, I mean... Uh, founded. Uh, founded <laughs> nearly a century later, and I don't think the man could be quite that uh, old. Not quite a century, around half a century. And the man couldn't quite be that old, so it couldn't possibly have happened. Well... I'm sorry you're wrong on both counts of this question. Uh, like uh, uh, Douglas said, the Mayflower arrived at Plymouth on December 21st, he said 1620, and uh, Harvard was founded in 1636, and uh, it could have happened uh, that a boy arriving on the Mayflower could have attended Harvard. Well, I'm afraid I can't uh, do anything but uh, give... A big Zenith radio phonograph combination from the makers of Alka-Seltzer to Janice Marshall of Cincinnati, Ohio, because you kids missed that question. Now, for this question from uh, Janet, uh, Jeanette Donovan of San Francisco, California, you are to try to stock a bakery with baked goods mentioned in nursery rhymes. Now, let's see how well you can get this shop supplied, Mike. Pat a cake, pat a cake. Pat a cake, pat a cake. Yeah, baker's man. All right, uh, that starts it off. Uh, Rennie? Well, uh, there's uh, little Jack Horner sat in a Christmas pie. Yeah. And uh, little Miss Muffet, uh, Santa Tuffet, eating uh, curds and worms. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, simple Simon met a pie and he wanted to taste his wares. That's so right. So that uh, it could have any, any of his wares. Well, there. we've got a lot of dessert all set here, haven't we, uh, Joel? You are to try to stock a bakery with baked goods mentioned in nursery rhymes. Now, let's see how well you can get this shop supplied, Mike. Patty cake, patty cake. Pat a cake, pat a cake. Yeah, baker's man. All right, uh, that starts it off. Uh, Rennie? Well, uh, there's uh, little Jack Horner sat in a cranny's Christmas pie. Yeah. And uh, little Miss Muffet, uh, Santa Muffet, eating uh, curds and worms. Uh-huh. And 
uh, simple Simon not a pieman. He wanted to taste his wares That's so right. that uh, he could have any any of his wares. Well, there. we've got a lot of dessert all set here, haven't we, uh, Joel? Well, this isn't exactly a nursery rhyme, but in the Little Red Hen, uh, she makes some bread, and uh, bakeries uh, found practically built around bread. So ah, well, we would bread. like to confine it to nursery rhymes, if possible. Douglas? Well, this is a little far-fetched, but if you're speaking of a dog's dinner, you could have old Mother Hubbard. <laughs> yes. And uh, can we think of any other items, Joel? Well, Simple Simon met a pie man. Well, uh, oh, Rennie gave us Simple Simon. Oh. Uh-huh. Any more? Well, those, uh, Mike? Curds and whey wouldn't be in a bakery, would they? Well, uh... Curds and whey come from cheese, don't they? Uh, yes. Uh, from milk, too. And there's cheesecake, of course, you know, in a bakery. Oh, boy, did I get out of that one, oh. <laughs> well, those were all very, very good, kids. Yeah, those, uh, those were all fine. Now, let's see if you can answer this question from Mrs. Helen uh, Gendroni of uh, Seattle, Washington. What wind instrument has aided in the capture of thousands of criminals? What wind instrument has aided in the capture of thousands of criminals? Rennie. Well, police whistle. Police whistle, that's it. That's the answer. That's right. Now, children, we've come to another clue for our what's-it question, and here it is. Hastings and also White Sand Bay helped escort it along the way. Now, uh, you can go into a huddle again, and I'll ask you for your answer in one minute. Meanwhile, Bob Murphy takes over. Okay, Joe, and I'm going to take the folks to the place where Bill and Jack are employed. It's a hot August afternoon, and Bill is saying... Then you see, Jack, by following this system, you can save yourself a lot of unnecessary work. Hey, what's the matter with you? You haven't heard a word I've been saying. Oh, I'm sorry, Bill, but gosh, I can't even think. My head aches so, and my stomach feels... Oh, I guess it must be the heat. I suppose you went over to the cafeteria at noon and filled up on all the cold things you could find. No, oh, I didn't eat so much. Uh, just some uh, cold cuts and salad and several glasses of iced tea, but... Oh, boy, I, I don't know whether I can stick it out for the rest of the day or not. If it just weren't so hot. <laughs> sure. And if you just follow the one, two, three-way suggestion for summer comfort. With a what? Alka-Seltzer's three steps for comfort these hot days. Haven't you heard? They're... One, eat light, easily digested foods. Two, use a little more salt than usual with your meals. And three, for the headache and acid stomach upset that may add to your misery, on a hot day, take Alka-Seltzer. Yes, take Alka-Seltzer. Fix yourself a glass of sparkling, pleasant-tasting Alka-Seltzer and just see how quickly it can ease that headache and stomach upset. How Alka-Seltzer can help you feel better fast. Remember, because Alka-Seltzer is in solution when you take it, it's right ready to bring you welcome relief. So keep a supply of Alka-Seltzer handy all of the time, at work as well as at home. Yes, don't forget, that extra package in the shop can help you feel tip-top. All right, children, it's time to come out of your huddle now and uh, tell us your answer to the what's-it question, if you can. Douglas is the spokesman. All right, Doug. Oh, no, I don't think we have anything. Our best guess was the longbow, which was first used at Hastings. Oh, no, that isn't the answer. But I'll tell you, you have one more clue, and here it is. It first came to light in 776 B.C. Douglas? The wheel. Huh? No, 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 I'm sorry. Well, um, how about it? 
Anybody else like to try? It first came to light in 776 B.C. Joel? Would that be Jerusalem? No. No. Well, you'll just have to think over the last clue that I gave you. In due time, I presume you'll get it, so we'll just carry it forward. Now, here's a math problem from B.J. Williams of Dallas, Texas, who says it isn't exactly as... uh, Douglas has his hand up, so I'm going to uh, stop this present question. All right, Douglas. Again, I think I know it because math is my specialty. Oh, you're talking about the the question that I'm uh, posing uh, at at this time. Well, I look. uh, There's only one way that we can find out whether you know this question is for you to wait until I pose it, uh, give it to you completely. And then you can try like the rest of the kids, see? And then hold up your hand. All right, now, wait a minute. Here's a math problem from B.J. Williams of Dallas, Texas, who says it isn't exactly as easy as pie. If I cut a pie and give each of you kids a slice, and one of you wants to see whether you are getting your share, and you consider your slice of pie as an angle, and the difference between a paragon and the conjugate of the angle is twice the supplement of that angle, did you get your share? What about Douglas? I can't understand most of those big words. Oh. I'm good on spelling, but not on meanings. Oh, I see. Well, all right. uh, Joel has his... All right, Joel. Well, a paragon is a 360-degree angle. A conjugate is 360 degrees minus an angle. So 360 minus 360 minus X in parentheses would be X. So the angle is twice the supplement of the angle. So? So, and a supplement is 180 degrees minus an angle. So, therefore, the angle would be two-thirds of a supplement, so the angle would be 120 degrees, and since a fifth of 360 degrees is 72 degrees, uh, therefore, you'd be getting more than your equal share. How much more would you be getting? Well, uh, should I give it in percentage? Or? I would like it, yes. Uh-huh. Well, uh, let's see. Got to pin that'd you down be, on this. That would be five-thirds, so that would be 133 and a third percent. The what? That would be 133. No, I think. Oh, 166 and two-thirds percent of your fair share. All right, well, I'll... Uh, five-thirds as a fraction. Yeah, that's all right. Let's see what Douglas had to say. Yes, well, he um, if you divide it up that way, that would leave two quiz kids out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't say it wouldn't. <laughs> well, Joel took care of this very, very nicely. That means, uh, really, that you would get uh, that you would get more than your share. Like you said, Joel, you would get one third of the pie, and it would leave a small piece for somebody. I guess we could give that to little Melvin. <laughs> Melvin. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Frank Collins of Lincoln, Nebraska, reminds us that everyone enjoys telling his favorite fish story. And so I'm going to give you fellows, and you also, Rennie, a chance to tell us about any big fishing experience you might have had. Mike, you started off. Uh, well, I brought a fish home one day and mounted his head. Yeah. I put the head outside to dry, and I brought it in and I put it away, and I guess I didn't put it up high enough because Smokey got to it and ate the old dry head right off the board. And that was sort of a catfish story. Oh, now, Mike, please. Oh, dear. (laughs) 
that was uh, that was the cat's meow, if you ask me. Yes, sir. And uh, let's see what Rennie has to say, Rennie. Well, the biggest fish we ever caught, we never caught, because we had a place down at the dunes last summer. We uh, found on the shore this great big fish. I think it must have weighed about 15 pounds. It was really a great big fish, and it evidently it's been killed or something, and it washed up on the beach. Well, so we picked it up, and we got our fishing line. We we hung it on the hung it on the fishing line, and we took several pictures of it. Oh, you and did. And they provided fish stories for quite a while. Well, I should say so. And uh, Joe. Well, on one of the quiz kids trips, uh, we uh, went fishing. It was uh, the one to Miami. Anyhow, I was almost provided with a whole set of fish stories. Almost every other minute, there was a tug on my line, but every time I pulled uh, my line up. Uh, there was uh, no fish on it, and incidentally, no bait. So uh, uh, finally, I was ready to tell about all the big fish that got away. So our guide uh, informed us that they weren't fish, but crabs. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. And they took your bait. Well, now Douglas has his hand up. Well, the only fish story I know is the only time I ever went fishing up at a camp called Red Brick in New York. We went on a fishing trip, and uh, oh, me and about five other guys, and oh, five other guys, yeah. huh? Mm-hmm. And uh, I caught about three fish, and then I took them home. And they told me if I wanted to get anything out of them, I had to cook them and eat them. So I did. Oh, you did. Well, you cleaned them, of course, though, didn't you? Huh? Yes. Uh huh. Fine. All right. And uh, Melvin. My daddy uh, caught a fish and he felt the fish's stomach and he said and he said he felt something in there and he cut the fish open and it was a crab curled up. Well, get out! What do you know about that? <laughs> well, uh, were you fishing with your daddy too? Did you fish? Yeah, yes, I uh, did fish. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, uh, <laughs> you did fish. Well, didn't you catch anything? Yes, I caught some fish, but no boots like in the, like in the comics. <clears throat> no uh, hats or nothing. Oh, no, no boots or hats. <laughs> like in the comics, that's cute. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now then, uh, Mr. Walter Rogensky of New Britain, Connecticut, has been reading about the twins of science... He calls them the up-and-down twins. Can you identify the scientists and explain where the up-and-down comes in? The up-and-down twins. Mike? Well, the up-and-down might come uh, in the uh, Palomar Observatory. Well, no, not in this particular case. The up-and-down twins, the twins of science. Can you identify them, these two scientists? All right, uh, Joe? Well, aren't there the BBs, one of them... uh always goes under the sea in a bathosphere, and one of them has uh, taken a balloon up there, or maybe they're the same one. Well, yeah, they're, they're the same ones, all right, but you've given them the uh, wrong names. Now, what what are their names? What's their last name? They're brothers. I don't know. Well, uh, their name is uh, Picar, the uh, Picar brothers. All right, well, that's a miss. 
And uh, that means that uh, Mr. Walter Rajensky of New Britain, Connecticut, will receive one of the Zenith radio phonograph combination sets from the makers of Alka-Seltzer. Well, that bell means it's time for the judges to get busy on the scores, and we'll be able to answer the question of who won this afternoon's Battle of Brains in just a moment. Meantime, here's an important message about one-a-day brand vitamins. Don't take chances. Are you sure you're getting all the essential vitamins you need from the food you eat? Remember this. Government surveys show that the meals of three out of four persons are short on vitamins. Don't take chances. Instead, take one-a-day brand multiple vitamins. Lack of vitamins in your food can cause you to feel under par and run down. Don't take chances. Instead, take one-a-day brand multiple vitamins. Sixty capsules, two-month supply, only $2 at any drugstore. Potency guaranteed by Miles Laboratories. Lack of vitamins in your food can keep you from feeling your best and looking your best. Take one-a-day brand, multiple vitamin capsules. All right now, children, here's the report on your schoolwork. But remember, whether you win or lose, your appearance on today's Quiz Kids program gives you something to lay aside in that nest egg marked future education. Yes, the makers of Alka-Seltzer are giving you each a $100 security bond. And now then, the scores. The judges report that as a class, we missed two questions today. And under our new mathematical formula for scoring, which takes your age into account in giving credit for correct answers... Mike was first, Rennie second, and Joel third. So we'll see you three back in class next week. And here to compete with you, we'll have two newcomers, Harriet Claire Fry, age 11, and Ira Lee, age 10. Now, between now and next Sunday, be thinking about the last clue on our What's It question. Remember, it's, uh, it first came to light in 776 B.C. And you listeners give it some thought and see if you can't come up with the answer, too. And be sure to be on hand next week to hear what the quiz kids have to say. Yes, we want to see you all in class next Sunday. Until then, this is Joe Kelly dismissing the quiz kids. Goodbye, kids. Listen to the Quiz Kids every week and listen to Alka Seltzer's News of the World every Monday through Friday on most of these NBC stations. This is Bob Murphy speaking. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.